0: but not surprised, disappointed but not surprised, disappointed but not surprised.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Fuckery. We are your Disappointed but Not Surprised co-hosts. I'm Addie. I'm Alex. So tonight we have a very, 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 very special
2: guest. We are Fucking amped I am for this. So am. for this. I was so excited oh my all God, I'm day. Doing
1: really shrieking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was so excited all day, but I did I almost like like I was so excited that I didn't want to get excited because disappointed but not surprised. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like yep. we don't know how this is gonna go. And and so I just so our guest is name, I can't even speak, I'm so excited. Our guest name is Hagatha. She is a fucking queen. Yes. K-W-E-E-N with a fucking capital. She is, um, it's like a satire page on social media that I found last year. And I have become so obsessed with her. I think I'm a top badge member of top fan on Facebook (laughs) just because I
2: like love her so much. Her bio says, "Um, 1% African, 20% Latinx. Colored, vegan fluid, misgendered, <laughs> non-binary, intersectional feminist, lesbian. I have every participation trophy.
1: I fucking love her so much. What's her Instagram name? Hog at the Sisty. Sisty. Yeah, C-Y-S-T-Y. So guys, I just, I'm so excited for this. Alex is so excited for this. I hope you guys are excited for this interview and I hope you like it as much as we do so here is hoggy we're gonna call in again if the audio is a little bumpy um get deal over with it. it just fucking get over it but i feel like our uh, even at our shittiest audio our audio is not as bad as one podcast that you listen to yeah,
2: absolutely and they like get paid for it right so, so pay us you bye. motherfuckers bye <laughs> all
1: right guys we're gonna call into hoggy she is in a different state california um so tune in and i hope you guys like this i hope you guys love it as much as we do all right they will all right, guys. So I am so excited to introduce this guest that we have on today. Hagatha, say hi to our listeners.
3: Hi, everybody. This is Hagatha. I hope you're doing great. So, <laughs> Thanks for having me.
1: I'm so Thanks excited! for coming on. We're so excited. Haggy, I have been obsessed with you for, I found you <coughs> on Facebook. My friend, Trisha guys for anybody that listens the Trisha that was in the wheelchair and I'll explain that in an, at a later time to you hoggy but Trisha Trisha tagged me in this video and you were on you were you're up on stage in full makeup you're saying that you're vegan fluid but you're downing bonbons and sushi <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god
1: <laughs> and I was in tears and I feel like you have grown so much in COVID and just with everybody I mean that's when I came on to you like last like la like COVID March when everything kind of just shut down and everybody mm-hmm. was on their phones and like nobody knew what to do so everybody's on <laughs> social media and that's when I noticed you and I literally fell in love with you that day thank you you. so introduce yourself tell tell everybody uh i guess who you are what you're about and i just i adore you
3: thank you so much okay you know the funny thing is you mentioned wheelchair (laughs) i have i have a follower who she goes by wheelchair girl (laughs) and she has she does and now she we call her the walking girl because she's getting some of her abilities back but you know it's like Okay. So I created Hagertha before COVID time and it really did take off, you know, during COVID because people love to pass around things online, um, you know, uh, that are, you know, they, Oh my God, look at this. I can't believe it. They like to, you know, people love to like, you know what I mean? Pass around things that uh, are outrageous or whatever. And um, yeah, COVID maybe take off For some people COVID has been like the worst thing in the world for them. It's been the best thing in the world for me to be honest. Yeah. And, um, it's given me time to be home, you know, to create things. And, and okay, so Hagatha. I created Hagatha out of an experiment. <laughs> I was bored. I was bored. But you know, it's the funny thing, isn't completely a, a completely made up thing. You know, I was, I grew up in the 80s. I was that kid who came to school wearing makeup. Um, people made fun of me. I was can I say faggot on here? Yeah,
1: yeah. you're, you're oh, gay. Okay. You can say what you want to say. Yeah. Oh,
3: okay, good. Good. I'll use my gay card. Um, <laughs> I, was the big, I was always the big faggot at my school. I got harassed all the time. Uh, there were no safe spaces, you know, in the <laughs> mid to late eighties, you know, you just kind of jumped in the, you just jumped in and swam, you know, you sank to swam. And so, you know, no one gave a shit about your feelings. So I was the kid who said, fuck it. And I just did whatever I wanted. I won't make up, um, and the funny thing is I had girlfriends and I had boyfriends too. I You know, I, I shopped around to see who I was and what I liked. And so I, I noticed today people still do the same things, but they need like a special label for that or they need special attention for that. Yeah. Or they need to be called a, a hero or something or, you, you know, some prize for coming out as being who you are. And I just watch it and I just, I think it's really disgusting. Like it kind of really makes, it's very cringy to me to see these people. So I decided I'm just going to use, I'm going to do this. And you know, my experience in this, this whole thing, and I'm just going to create a character and I'm going to make it as, can I put it as cringy as possible
1: it was pretty cringy in the beginning (laughs)
0: like
3: you
1: had a unibrow. you have these warts (laughs) and these pussing
3: pimples (laughs) yes yes I used to squeeze my pimples I used to create the pus and eat it like I would I'd make it out of butter and honey and sugar (laughs) and and people and and you know what I found out it's funny because doing all of this has really made me think um I'm actually kind of saddened in a way because people believe it. They believed it and they couldn't, they could not watch me and, and actually see the satire in it. They, through conditioning through school, through the media, through our culture, they believe this was a real person and they were treating this person like they had value. And <laughs> I, I don't understand how they couldn't see the performance and the satire behind it because I'm not that great of a performer. And, they just allowed me to be mentally ill. <laughs> they really for, did. <laughs> <I know. laughs> they allowed it. And they supported it. Well, and you got to so, be
2: politically correct uh, these days, you know. No, but let me tell you something. People <laughs> were like, the people were like, this is Uncle Fester's
1: cousin or something. <laughs> somebody like somebody comments like, it looks like Shrek had a baby. <laughs>
3: I mean, you know what? It really took off, and this is probably what you're talking about with the bonbons. Was there's this um black this black Trump supporter comedic comedian named Terrence Williams, and he played that that video, and it got that really took off. And then people were searching for me on social media, and all of a sudden, I get all these likes and people following me and stuff. And then the, you know it's it's funny. There was like there was like kind of like three classes of people. There was like one class that believed it. And they supported it. The other one completely saw the performance in it and enjoyed it and would actually get involved in it and come up with their own, like crazy stories for me to answer. Cause I started, you know, doing like a live show once a week and I still do it after all this time. And then there were ones who just kind of sat back and watched it cause they weren't sure. But slowly people came out and they would, I kind of do this. It, it's an interactive show, which is one I've never seen other drag performers do, uh, who actually talk to their audience and get to know them. And, um, it's just, it's taken off and I have, I have the most diverse audience I've ever seen anybody else have. I have like handicapped people. I have really lonely people who sit at home. I've had people who are terminally ill watch me and tell me they're watching me as they're dying. Oh, and it's just, my it's, God. yes, it's crazy. And then I, I then kind of found out that I started feeling this responsibility for people and it kind of shut me off like it kind of turned me off for a minute yeah like i didn't want to do this to be a role model or for people to um feel good about what i'm doing it was the <laughs> opposite but i then people are then talk, talk like writing to me about their transgender child and i'm like um god i don't know what to say to you and then yeah. all, it's just it, it's funny because being this low level performer that i am i i all of a sudden started seeing of this responsibility But I didn't let that bother me. I still kept going. And, you know, like the parents would ask what the transgender child, I'd say, well, you know, you're the parent. You don't have to you know give them exactly what they want all the time. I mean, we don't feed kids candy all the time because they would want it. So you don't have to indulge everything that they believe or say because kids do change over time. So that's the way I handled that. I didn't do the politically correct thing. It's like, don't abuse your child. Don't dismiss them. But at the same time, don't make them believe everything that they believe is absolutely 100% true. And, you know, I just I just try to be as honest as I can with people. And people just kind of like what I say. And I'm still doing it. And um, I kind of turned it into now, Togasa is a stage performer now. I've been, I performed at a club in L.A. That is amazing. But I, take, I have a different persona, though. I kind of, I kind of borrow from Divine, you know, drag queen from the 70s and 80s. And I'm making it a stage act. And so I, and, but you know, and then you guys, you know, found me and here I am. (laughs) <laughs>
1: I've even seen Hagatha form like you were like the way when you started too. it was literally like the pus pimples and and the makeup smeared and the hair coming oh, out of the warts and then on your Instagram now like you are a fucking queen like your makeup's done beautifully and you know like even the evolution of everything is just like I feel like it is almost more like mainstream like like with the performance I think that's so amazing that you're doing live shows now how many times a week do you you do that just or just a you well, Done it?
3: Uh, no, I've only done one performance. A club in LA asked me to perform there, and I have another one in Orange County that has been interested in a while. I don't even know if they're going yet because of COVID. We're having a lot of weird COVID things here in California where they want a lot of places in West Hollywood now don't even want you there unless you're vaccinated and show a card and stuff like that. And right. you're not so vaccinated, I I, right? Is that how it is in New York? Yeah. Yep. So, yep.
1: Yeah. In the city. It's like that. And you're not vaccinated. You don't,
3: you don't want that, believe in it. Correct. Well, I had COVID in 2020 in January. I worked, I worked for Amazon for, for several years and I came down with COVID and um, it was, I'm you know, I'm not going to downplay it. It was horrible, but you know, at the same time, I'm not one to get sick. I've, I've had the flu maybe twice in my life. Yep. And, I just knew this just really kicked my ass and you know, it lasted really months. I had a cough for months, and I ended up quit quitting my job. And, um, so when anybody says that, I don't downplay it at all, but I do think my immune, my natural immunity has helped me. I have not even had a cold since then. And I've traveled the country. I, I, I'm always in unvaccinated areas with people with different views on that. And I've never, I haven't come down, you know, with anything as little as a cold. So, I kind of think that my natural immunity has some value (laughs) and I wish people would start considering that and measuring that if they can. But, um, but you talked about, um, how changing? It was like an ever changing thing. And I never really had no plan or direction. I just kind of let the audience kind of lead me in what they wanted. So my whole backstory about Hagertha was, is that I'm a misgendered woman. Which really translates to me being a man who has a very small penis, and I con- <laughs> and I, I consider my, my clitoris, my penis. Okay, so you know when guys get fat, and whatever penis they have gets swallowed up into the fat. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So. I can, I said that my penis, my micro penis was actually a clitoris. <laughs> and so I, I go through life believing that I'm actually a woman because you can't see my penis. And so, um, I pretended that my grandparents raised me, that my mother died of an overdose of a douche of vodka meth and you know, <laughs> six, six meth. And, and it's funny cause I didn't realize how improvisational I was. <laughs> I would just, because people would ask me questions, and I'd go, oh, yeah, this is the answer. But I had to remember my storyline the whole time I'm making it. And my father, well, I don't know who my father was, because my mother was at an orgy, a gangbang, and she got pregnant. Oh, And so she my didn't God. know which, and people believe it. And, well, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not possible, but I just, Augusta has every tragedy always. She is a victim of everything. And that was a big part of the character is that I'm a victim of everything. And, you know, and I have every participation trophy. You do. (laughs) Yes. People start saying, so you're basically a meme. And I go, yeah, I guess I am. (laughs) I don't know. But, um, I've had so much fun with it. And, and now, um, the reason why I was, why Hoggatha was on the internet, because I, I have a therapist and the therapist said, you know, you need to stop being such a shut in. You have to, trust people, you have to be vulnerable and you have to let them in. So that was my excuse for having all the, the social media show. Um I was trying to make friends. And um now I've made thousands and thousands of friends around the world and my confidence has grown the whole time. So that's why I'm now able to go on stage and perform. Oh
1: my god. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, you have like twelve thousand <laughs> followers on your Facebook right now.
3: Yes. I do. And you know what's so funny? I was really proud of this. Um <laughs> And it, this was at the height of of being, you know, a big freak. Um, when, when, uh, what was it, the 2016 election with, what, Hillary Clinton and Trump? Yeah. yeah. Um, tr- okay, so um, Hillary Clinton had Lady Gaga on stage, you know, as a gimmick, so we'll get people to pay attention to her. And so I was watching that, and then I went live. And as Lady Gaga got off of, um, you know, got off the stage, off of her Facebook channel, whatever they were doing it on, her, her rating, her viewership dropped down into like 3,000 3, people. Like oh, everybody shit. was just there just to watch Lady Gaga. And then I go live and then my, I, the height of my live viewers were 93,000 people. Oh my so God. I tell people, I go, I actually had more viewers than Hillary Clinton. Oh <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, I've you're much reached- funnier
2: and much more attractive.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've never reached that viewership again. But I like to tell people that. <laughs> Even with all the pussy warts, you're still much more attractive than <laughs> And you know what? People love a disaster. They love to watch a train wreck. They do. They love it. Uh, but you know what I find more irritating are the people who actually try to rescue Agatha. <laughs> like oh. I mean, if they're trying—they're trying to rescue. You don't know what she's been through, and going on and on. And it's like I really just want to slap them. And it's like I. And I it, that I don't know why it bothers me, but it's like you're the people that I want to reach, yeah. you know. So, or, or especially the. Uh, in fact, I had one today during the show. You know, we call them white knights. They're these people that are heterosexual white, which you know I have no problem with white heterosexual people at all. I mean, they created me, but it's like it's how can I put it? They're always there to find a problem to solve, and it's like. You know, my 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 husband, he's black, and so people are always trying to, how can I put it, protect me from you know the the racists and the homophobia phobics and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I can take care of this myself. And what you call homophobic or racist, I don't necessarily think is homophobic or racist. You're just trying to be a hero, right? <laughs> right. Which I always feeds or into they're like that. woke. Yeah, whatever you yes, want to call yes. it. That's it. And it's like, those people irritate me so much. Like, you make this worse. You really do. It's like, nobody can laugh or have fun anymore. They have to find the victim or the victim in the whole story and then act like they're the hero.
1: Yep. <laughs> well, you even did uh, a, You did your Ancestry.com <laughs> one time. Yeah. And I think it was like point zero (laughs) zero zero one of like african-american yes and the whole time you were like i know (laughs) i'm gonna get in trouble saying this but the whole time you're like you can't talk to me i know what it's like
3: (laughs) (laughs) i know the struggle (laughs) <laughs> no, no, but it's true. I do have 1% African, but then again, everybody does. I mean, usually, if anybody does it. And then, you know what I do? I'll tell people that I can completely like relate to anybody because I'm the 1% African. Then I'm, what, 20%? I say Latinx, but it's actually Portuguese, which actually were the people who brought the slaves to the country, but people don't know that. So they just, oh, yeah, he's Latino. No, so he's dummy. I'm really not, but <laughs> but I just I don't know. It's like doing all this things where I honestly realize how stupid people are, and it really breaks my heart.
1: They are just feeding into it, and then you're telling them the vegan fluid. I think that you telling people that your vegan fluid is my favorite. <laughs> you're sitting there just shoving what? handfuls of like dairy and cheese. Yeah.
3: Well, because you know okay, yeah, people were calling me out on that. And it's like, Well if you could be gender fluid, I could be vegan fluid, one day I can be vegan, the next day I'm not and I still get to be I still get to be cool because there are some days that I'm vegan and I could tell you how how you know, how cool I am and you know, and you have to respect that. But then the thing is I've turned around and I've even said, even if you even if you eat meat, you're vegan, because all the meat we eat is vegan meat. Because The animals that create the meat are vegetarian.
1: That's facts.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So I am eating vegetarian meat.
1: I love how you're shoving cheese in your mouth and then you just let a rip of this huge fart and people Uh, are like embracing
3: you for your veganism. (laughs) Wait, I have my fart right here. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people don't know they don't know that it's a it's a a little toy i push button on
1: (laughs) actually i'm gonna say i didn't know that that was a toy
3: (laughs) 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 god if i could fart on command like that i would be a millionaire
1: You also did a video too that you were like you were like trying to save water, and this is all on Hagatha's YouTube too, so anybody could see yeah. it. You were like trying to save water, and you were or toilet paper during the toilet paper pandemic. Oh. <laughs> yes, you were reusing the same <laughs> the same <laughs> wipe that Marquina was using.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes, we have a community coffee can on the side of the toilet that I, we use, we put water in and we use a washcloth and yeah, I mean, I'm in California, it's a drought. So I'm not going to be irresponsible. I'm not going to be irresponsible. So I'm going to use a washcloth and I'm going to wipe, you know, I wipe and I put the washcloth back in the can for Marquina and you know, we just use it for a couple of days until the water gets really thick and then we toss it out and we use it like in our compost pile. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and you filmed it and we I yeah. was in tears because you're like this is how you save toilet paper you just reuse the same washcloth <laughs> and you and your husband or wife on the show Marquina yeah. were using the uh, same washcloth to wipe your own shit and just wringing it out and you're like look once it's wrung out it's fine for
3: Marquina to use <laughs> I was
0: crying
3: I also around that time I had a. I used a walker for a lot of times before I lost weight, and um, I would put. I went to Walmart and I put a piece of poster board on the walker that said, "I am raising money for toilet paper for people of color." Because, you know, as a white person, I don't believe that I should use my privilege to use disposable toilet paper when there are so many disadvantaged people of color who could use it. So I could go, I could use, I could use, I don't want to be racist and take all the toilet paper. Because let's face it, white people have been raping and pillaging since the beginning. So I just don't want to be that person. So I I started raising money. So people of color, so toilet paper, and I'll use, the to- I'll use the washcloth.
1: Wait, was Marquina <laughs> in on this
3: too? Was she there with you? Well, she was filming me. <laughs> She's the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny because people love, you know, it's so funny. And I'm not going to deny, I do, I do walk a tightrope when it comes to race, okay? I know exactly what I'm doing. And I know it will trigger people without me actually saying something that might be racist. Because people are so, they love it. You know, they could say all they want about racism, but people eat it up and they love it. That's why there's a market for it. There's an industry for it. And they push it all the time. So I'm doing the same thing. And so Marquina, yeah, Marquina is black. He, he, he. my guy is black and he loves it. He comes up with this stuff sometimes, a lot of times. In fact, if you listen to our private conversations, you would swear he's a Klan member. He, (laughs) (laughs) he, he, He... he has the worst mouth when it comes to, like, you know, his own people. So, I, you know, I'm not going to take that away from him. I would be racist for me to shush him. But <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's amazing. So we come up with these things that people can interpret into racism, and they love it. They love to jump on it. They love to call you racist. And then I go, it, it's like, what? You guys have such an appetite for this stuff. This is why it sells so much. So they we feel really to it, you know. Oh they my! But you're one percent
2: African, so you really can't be racist. Yeah.
3: Yes, I can always fall back on it. You know, it's so funny because you know it's so funny because I actually do have a large black audience, and they'll watch me and and they love it. And in fact, there's this one. She's a body artist who lives up in Napa Valley, California. With you know, oh my God, a black person lives in the rich area. Who would believe? But anyway, she she's an artist, and she wants me to come up and her do body paint on me.
1: That would be so
3: much <laughs> yeah. fun yeah, she wants to do a photo shoot. But um, it's, it's like, then I'll, you know, I get, get all kinds and I'll get the people who just, you know, just see nothing but racism. And you know, I'll tell them, you know, well, I'm one percent African. And they'll say, oh, that don't mean anything. And then I'll say, well, you know what? My wife's black. So now what? Well, you know what? Slave masters have sex with their slaves. Like, are you insinuating that I am a slave master oh. and my wife? Yeah, they take it that far. And I'm like, you people are really sick and it's really sad. I feel really like, sad.
1: yeah, I feel like Marquina <laughs> is very well aware of who she married and is
3: equally <laughs> in this and you are not the slave master at all. <laughs> no, no, Marquina actually pursued me. Did very, she? Very much so. Oh, yeah. The, we met on, um, you know, grinder. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there several types of grinders that maybe the heterosexual community don't know. There's grinder. Then there's one called um, Growler, which is...
1: I think it, I've heard of that, yeah.
3: Yeah, it, it, they say it's for the bear community, which means just a big, fat, hairy gay guy, okay? So, you know, because the gay community is kind of splintered off, you know? It's not one homogenous, loving community. And then there's... Um, we met on one called Scruff, and Scruff is, is, is one that's geared to more of the masculine gay. You know, the kind that, you know... You wouldn't you wouldn't look at the profile pictures and see tweezed eyebrows and lipstick or or lip gloss or anything. It's more the masculine sort of guy kind of gay guy. And so I'm thumbing through there and then I I see his picture. I'm always cute and he sends me a message. Like he, he didn't beat around the bush and he didn't say hey send me a picture of your butthole. He didn't say any that. He said hey do you want to meet me? do you want to meet me for dinner. That's and nice. I'm like, I've never, been, I, I've never met somebody who was so forward, but so polite at the same time, Right. you know, usually send me, send me a dick pic or whatever. And it's like, no, he, he met business. He wanted to meet me and start something. And so I said, sure.
1: That is and, you know, so sweet. And the,
3: so we needed a Mexican place and, um, we've been together ever since. How long and, ago was um, that? Oh, nine years ago. Wow.
1: I didn't realize yeah. you guys were
3: together for that long. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That is so amazing. I love Marquina, by the way. Tell her I said hi.
3: I will. She's out. She's out in her wood shop. She's a woodworker.
1: <laughs> My favorite is that you literally just put this huge Afro wig on her, and it's like this is Marquina.
3: <laughs> you know, I wish she would wear it more. She she likes to wear the blonde. She likes to wear the blonde wig more. And you guys.
1: I, there was this one video that you guys did and you were in the bathtub together and I think you had to remove it because you're like Marquina, Marquina's clit showed, like we had to take it down. Oh. I guess her dick and her balls were out in like one segment of the video. We,
3: you know, we went to, we went to Vegas and we stayed at a certain hotel there that people probably don't want to hear about, but, um, you know, owned by the previous administration. But anyway, we're staying at the hotel. And we made it part of the gag that Mark, because Marquina is a total Trump supporter. So, and I'm like, you know, I'm the, we, we did a video of me drive, us driving to the hotel and it's a big surprise. Well, Marquina's taking me to the hotel in Vegas and it's a big surprise. And then we pull up to the hotel and go, oh my God, I can't believe you're bringing me here. So anyway, but it was, we, okay. So followers set a champagne there. I had a bunch of gifts to open from people and the bathtubs there are huge and luxurious that for, and if for anything else, I would go there just for the bathtub. And because I don't fit in a normal bathtub, (laughs) and so well, and yeah, and we were both in it, and we're both pretty. I'm six four, and and Mark is six one, and you know I'm just under three hundred pounds, and he's about what two thirty. So we're pretty big guys, and so we're in the the bathtub, and I did a live from there, and we're popping open our champagne and drinking. I'm opening up gifts and stuff. Well, later on, I go back and look at the live footage because it was all live, and. I go to YouTube and there's areas where, oh, no, no, my audience is saying, oh, my God, we could see Marquina's taco. and I'm like, no, you can't. No, you can't. And I'm trying to, you know, position him in a different way. But yeah, you could later, you can see his junk. And so I had to remove that from YouTube. But the the footage for Facebook was okay.
1: I love how you say it's Marquina's clit. I was like crying at that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no but people love it they love it we have a great time doing it so and um continue sorry no that's it i was just saying it. we have a, we have a lot of fun doing it so, and, you know, and the funny thing is mark marquina he's he's so uh, we had to make a storyline for him and it's like okay you know he's a marine he was in desert storm and he's like um, he's never done this before ever he's never been involved in the performance or the drag scene or anything and he's, you know, I started doing it and he kind of like wanted to put his toe in the water. And so he's like, Hey, you know, I could come on if you want me to. And I'm like, okay. So now here he wants to come out now, but he doesn't like to like show his whole face. So that's why the glasses and the wig and all that. Yeah. But he's like a big hit. People love Marquina. Sometimes I'll like nudge him because he'll say things that I don't want him to say because I'll get banned. So it's like, I'm always trying to police him more than anything, but. Yeah, he has a great time with it, people love him.
1: People love Marquina. Like he came <laughs> on in the background a few times, and they were like, "Who is that walking in and out?" And then, like, you introduced <laughs> him to everybody, and I feel like everybody's just fallen in love with Marquina as well.
3: They have. Yeah, you know, they've fallen in love with my mother too. My mother, I, I would refer to her because I, I, I remembered. Oh my storyline. My mom is dead. Oh so, yeah. Who, how do I, how do I bring my mom? So I start calling her Gladys. <laughs> Gladys ends up being Gladys is my grandmother's best friend and she's kind of become my surrogate grandmother since my grandma died. So that's kind of how I worked my mom into it. And you know, I, I've done lives from her house and people are, Oh hi Gladys. They love her. My mom does not like to be on camera at all. But people have sent her gifts too. Like they'll send a little gift, oh this is for Gladys, and I'll take oh it to my mom and she'll open it. It's uh, that you know what? I mean I know I talk shit a lot, but there I've met some Really, really wonderful, wonderful people doing this, and so you know it's not all negative. Um, I've met some great friends doing this, and there are really some very, very generous people in this in this world and that amazes me. You know, more generous than I will ever be, and so it just it's really humbling to see. At the same time, you know, there's so many screwed up people. There are so many really normal, good, good people.
1: Well, you get, so what I was going to ask before is you get like a lot of fan mail and a lot of gifts. Like you broke out one time the scarf and these sunglasses and people send you so much stuff. Does it get like overwhelming sometimes?
3: Yes. And I've come to the point where I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. Because a lot of people who send me things, they're, they're sending things for Hagatha and not and not the person behind stuff. Right. right. So I end up with like a lot of little girl stuff in <laughs> my room. My room is very creepy. Like <laughs> I, I really, and I get, tired, cause I mean, I am a gay man. I am gay. That doesn't mean I'm, I like girly stuff, you know? Right. I mean, of course I do. I do like some, you know, but, um, like, like stuffed animals and dolls and, um, like rainbow hair accessories. And, um, and also people, it's another thing. You kind of start seeing how people think about this, uh, about, uh, like the stereotype of what a gay man is. I get all kinds of rainbow stuff. It's like, I don't own any, like, I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't consider myself part of the LGBTQ community. I'm just a homosexual. <laughs> um, I just think it's a, it's a whole different thing. And, um, so yeah, I have a lot of this kid stuff and I'm, I've been wondering what to do with it. So. I'm wondering, like, the really, really kid stuff, I'm, I think I'm just going to give them to my, net, my um, nieces and nephews. I'll probably do that, just get a big, huge gift bag and send it to them. But there are some things that people have sent to me that are quite um, thoughtful. Like, people have knitted me things. And I'll, I'll, I'll keep that stuff. Um, I had a woman once send me this. Say, you know that designer, Betsy Johnson? Yeah, Betsy Johnson's um,
1: fantastic.
3: Yes, I. She sent me this Betsy Johnson backpack, and yes, I did look at the value. It's a hundred and twenty dollars backpack. <laughs> I went online and googled it. Um, filled with makeup, like I don't know. She must have been a makeup distributor or something. But it's funny. I only saw her a couple times on, on my show, and she said, "Can I send you some stuff?" I said, "Sure, go ahead." I had to create a PO box because I right. don't want people to send me things to my home. Yep. So I just always said I go to the post office and I have all these blue tickets in my PO box and each ticket is like a box and I'm like, I can't believe all this stuff, but this woman sent me that and it was just completely filled with makeup. And I was amazed. I'm like, this is a big value. And just, and it's so thoughtful because I'll even notice how much people pay to ship something. And sometimes it's 65 bucks to send me something. Whoa, and just, Jesus. Yeah. Like I got, I had friends in, in Wales in the UK who send me stuff too. And, um, they were trying to sneak me in some haggis because I've never had it. And they, they were talking about you know what is that? It's a it's a dish. It's like a sheep stomach. Oh uh, <laughs> yes, filled with like ground up sheep lungs.
1: Wait, is it like food? Stuff. Is it like you eat it? Yes, but you're it's vegan like, fluid. Uh, no, <laughs>
3: yes. but the sheep kidding. is I vegetarian,
2: it's like, so it's fine.
3: <laughs> right? All tell you all meat is vegan? So it, I guess it's the national dish of Scotland, okay. and um but it, uh, i was researching online apparently it takes a lot, it tastes a lot like our meatloaf and um and i'm willing to try anything Plus, i was telling people just hide, send me send me food from your region from your culture whatever and i'll eat it online which i know is dangerous yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think about the danger it's like um, arsenic about the no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right i think it fun i mean i've always been a risk taker but um so it, they sent me a box with all kinds of goodies from from the U.K., but customs did open up the box and remove the haggis. Because it's not, you're not, I guess it's, it's illegal in, in the United States. I don't know why, but.
1: I wonder yes. You kind or of
3: whatever. lucked
2: out there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're not
1: missing much.
0: <laughs> That's crazy that
1: they can go through your things and, like, remove, like, sheep
3: intestines or whatever. <laughs> i there is another there's a girl actually right now she said she sent me something like months ago and i still haven't received it and i always feel bad because I, i've had that happen before like months later i'll get a box and it will be completely destroyed Aww. and um yeah so it's, i lost faith in our postal service <laughs> but um yeah but i get i get the most thoughtful things um like blankets that people will make me um i don't know it's just it's 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 a, it's a really amazing, uh, uh, you know, as much fun and debauchery as there is doing this, there is like a side of it that's very sweet. (laughs) I meet the sweetest people.
1: Have you met, like, have you met a bunch of people in person off of Facebook or you kind of like stay away Uh, from meeting them in real life because you don't know what they're like?
3: Um, I have met, okay. I do have a friend um, that I met. He, um, he's in Phoenix, which isn't far from me. It's like a five hour drive. And, um, the, um, I know this is weird. Okay, I was going to the DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles. I don't know if you guys call it the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, it's a hellhole, no matter where you go. It's story. Like, yes. Okay, so you guys like wait hours in line and hours. Yep. Wait. Okay, we have a DMV here in California that's on the border of Arizona and California. And that's only two and a half hours for me. I will literally drive that far just to not stand in line. Oh, because there's nobody, gosh. yes, there's nobody there. So we um we decided, hey, why don't we take a trip into Arizona, which is another two hours, two and a half hours, you know, into Arizona to Phoenix, so we can meet this one guy. And so we met him, and he's like the greatest guy. He took us around Phoenix. He you know uh, took us to these different bars and hangout places, and um, we had a great time. And um he, he, he pops up on the show once in a while. I'll highlight his comments and stuff. And we've been there, I've been there twice to visit him and we're going to go again um, for Halloween. He, he, he used to work in Hollywood and he, um, he's like an Emmy winner and he put, he puts on these great parties and everything. And so we're going to go there for Halloween for a party. Uh, we um, want to come. No.
0: <laughs> I know, huh?
3: I mean, it's weird because you never know who you're going to meet online. A lot of these like faceless, you know, nameless people, you know, are pretty fabulous. And, um, and I know there's, oh yeah, there's another one. I found out she lived 14 miles away from me. She's an interesting woman too. There, I don't know if you've heard of Spearmint Rhino. No. It's it's a strip club. It's Uh-oh. like a chain strip club. And it's really from the 80s. I don't know if they still exist, but it was a big thing at one time out here. And she and she was like their cover girl and she was like their featured dancer and she traveled the world um, as their ambassador and stuff. And She's a very interesting woman, and um, I found out she lives um, up in the mountain resorts above me. And so, me and Marquina went and visited her, and then the, the next time we did it, we went and visited her again and did a show from her house on the Fourth of July because she like has fireworks over the lake where she lives. But she she's a very nice, nice, interesting person, and um, so she's had like some health problems. So we hang out. And she just got her hip replaced, and now she's getting some Restylane pumped in her face this week. And so she's getting <laughs> back out there, and so you know, yeah, I've met her and we're good friends. Okay, so there are also some people that um, I've never met personally, but we text and um, talk on the phone, you know, Facetime or whatever. And um, but I really don't. Let me see. I don't really like to. I like to keep it small, like the circle, because there is one guy that I've recently had to. What it they call it ghosting? I've had to completely oh. ignore. He, I mean, he was a real good supporter of my show. Like he would send me money all the time. And it's funny as even though I'm performing and people like to tip and that's the only reason why I kind of set out my virtual tip jar, you know, Venmo and cash app. And I never asked for money, but people have said, we want to send you money, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So he would send me money all the time. And even when I'm not on, I would just get an alert on my phone and there's money there. And I'm like, why is he sending me so much money? Well, maybe he's just you know rich and whatever, but he ends up being a dog groomer in Florida, and I think he got really—he's kind of obsessed. That he has a partner, and then all of a sudden, it's almost kind of like he thought he owned me. Like he would try to then start critiquing what I'm doing, and I don't like this. Yeah, no. And then one time, like Marquina, you know, he Marquina will say, "God damn it!" and he goes, "I don't." I don't like when he says that. He goes, so I'm not going to watch you for a while. And I'm like, okay, don't. But then don't, don't watch. Care. Yeah, you
1: don't dictate <laughs> he, my show. It's my show.
3: Yeah, but I, I, it's, it, I, it's so funny how people are. Like, he wants to act like he's like this religious person, but yet he's like cheating on his husband with somebody else and he's lusting after the pool boy and sending me pictures of him. And, you know, it's just weird how people sort of prioritize their morals. Yeah. I, I think it's strange. So he stopped watching me for about a month and then he popped up with a new phone number and texted me. He goes, hi, this is my work number. And so I eventually just, I just like, I'm not even going to, I don't want to talk to him anymore. I don't, I don't really need the money or, you know, I mean, everybody needs money, of course, but it wasn't enough money to change my life. Right.
1: It's not like (laughs) he's sending you thousands a week or anything like that. You're like, you know what? I can deal with this.
3: Yeah, so I ran into that, and so that's made me, like, careful about, you know, how close I get to people privately, you know, outside of the show.
1: Right. Well, you never know Mm -hmm. what people's agendas are these days, or, like, you know, people are weird.
3: Yes, they are. (laughs) Yeah,
1: people are, like, not okay these days.
3: No, and I feel you know it's so funny. I find myself feeling sorry for a lot of people. I never realized how lonely a lot of people were either after doing this. People like um, they say, "Oh God, you're the only thing I, uh, you're the only thing that brings me happiness." I'm so depressed, and blah 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 blah. And they're going on and on and on and on. I'm like, a lot of people do that. And I'm like, I don't really, and I, you know that made me back off of even looking at my messages for a while. I had a girl who volunteered. Um, she goes, I'll go through your messages for you and I'll kind of be a secretary. I'm bored, I'm not working. I go, Okay. But that even that that became a problem. <laughs> but um but I was thankful at least that she would do that. Screen through all the weirdos and screen through all that because I'm like, listen, I go, I have my own problems in life. When I turn off the camera, I'm a different person and I have my own life. And um I don't like reading these Messages from people who are telling me how depressed and sick and terminally ill they are all the time. Yeah, yeah. Not like they're it's like,
1: savior. They, it's you know they. You can't be their god. And you're doing this for fun, not
2: yeah. You know, you're not like <laughs> right. Tony
3: Robbins yeah. on stage, like trying to heal people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's <laughs> it's like it's like when I'm reading that they're taking the fun out of it for me because it's like I'll tell you I'm like honestly I I am more entertained a lot of times than the audience i'll like after i'm done i'll turn off the camera a lot of times i'll take a shower and i'll just watch the show and i just crack myself up
1: well the comments that people give (laughs) you like i was even even in your live video today like somebody commented like i sang this to you before i was watching it and somebody commented in the, and you're like oh honey i don't think you should be part of my show go back to your, go back go back to your um glory hole. <laughs> your glory holes
3: <laughs> yeah because he was he was clearly a homosexual who had a problem I, was like, I, I know i go trust me I'm a gay guy who don't care I don't care so you know they always try to bother me they always try to get me on something it's like dude it's not working I don't care I don't live in that world that you live in
1: have you had like a favorite comment or like a favorite performance that you've ever given that one that sticks out to you or they kind of all just blend
3: you know okay I can't I guess name okay wait I okay wait one that's good one that's bad okay so I really enjoy, and it's, I really enjoy what I used to do, and I haven't, okay, I put, I put have a green screen behind me, and I, you know, I'm learning this technology as I'm going along. Oh, yeah, you and got a new computer
1: I, today, I think, right, or something? You,
3: y- yes, I, yeah, today was my second show using my new computer, which okay. I'm still trying to figure out, but, um, you know, I got the, the lighting, I got a green screen, I, I now have a program, I know how to put pictures behind me, and for a while, what was going on, is um guys would um you know be watching me and they'd go, oh you're a freak, you're ugly're this and that and so I just I'm just looking at it and watching it and people are saying, Hogatha, oh, I think I think John Smith needs attention so what I would do is I would then go to their social media and I'd look through their pictures while I'm still <laughs> talking to the audience and I would get all this information and now I wouldn't do this to like just I mean they really had to deserve it and and then I would pull up like a really ugly picture of them. <laughs> And then I would put it on the green screen. I'd put it on the green screen behind me. And I would pick out every flaw, every flaw on him. And, of course, me looking the way I am doing it is hilarious because they may even be good looking, you know. So I would tell them, I go, you know, you are good looking. I'll give you that, you know, because I'm not one that I'm not going to. I put it? I'm not going to tell like obvious lies. I mean, if everybody, you know, I think everybody has like a universal image of what handsome or good looking is. And, and so I'm like, you're a good looking guy, but you probably have a really small penis. You probably have bad breath. You probably, you know, I, I would say stuff like that. And you know what? Really, the women loved it. The women absolutely loved it. And i tear these men apart. And um, so that is something that I really enjoyed that doesn't really seem to happen a lot more, uh, happen a lot anymore, because um, I think I used to be shared a lot in these troll groups and I think that I've just kind of been shared out. (laughs) And I think people kind of get the joke now or they just don't want to be a part of it anymore. So I just have a core audience that sticks with me now. But um, one of my favorite things, which um, I didn't expect was one of these guys, he was a troll. He came after me and stuff. And he he was from London. And he's like tearing into me and stuff. He goes, what are you doing? And, you know, asking me. And come to find out he was one of these guys that actually hunt down pedophiles online. Yes. He meets them in person and then he exposes them on camera. And I was, I loved it. And I'm like, Oh my God. So he was confused about who I was because in his mind, I was some sick pervert online and (laughs) somehow he connected that. He connected that to what he does for a living and We've become friends since then. And it's like, and that's, that's another thing that I do that I don't see other people do is I don't automatically block people because they insult me. And I don't, you know, get rid of them. I will actually talk to them. And I'll say, why do you hate me this and that? Then I'll say, Get what's your favorite song? And then I'll find the karaoke version of song on my computer and I'll sing to them. And then I kind of like make a joke about it all. But the thing is, a lot of the trolls, the people who attack me actually end up becoming my fans. absolutely they they realize what i'm doing and um i did it with this guy in london he goes by the name sheriff hunter and he had part of a whole ring of people that actually they hunt pedophiles and i go you know what i of course you know you didn't like me at first but now that we understand each other i absolutely love what you do and he loves what i do now but there was just a misunderstanding he thought i was some pervert online trying to you know like lure little kitties in Right, and I mean, I, which I still kind of like, why would you think that? I don't have kids on my show. I don't yeah. talk about kids. Just because no. you're seeing a, a big a big man in makeup, uh, you know, doing this, you, you, you've automatically, I think that maybe kind of fixed maybe a prejudice that he had that, you know, gay men or, you know, trans people or whatever are automatically, you know, kid fuckers and they're not. Right. So no. I think that probably, that probably opened up his eyes a little bit too. So I'd like to think a lot of things, what I'm doing is kind of educational at the same time.
1: That is so crazy that this guy literally hunts pedophiles for a living online and, like, exposes them.
3: Yes, and what he yeah. does, I isn't it great? He um And I he goes, I said, I would love to do that. He goes, well, why don't you? I go, well, I don't even know what you can do. I go, the, in the United States, they love the criminals so much, you know, what can you get away with? And he's like, you don't have citizens arrest there? I go, I think we do, but I don't think people actually do it, no. you know, or... Yeah, I go no, but they actually have that. They can hold. They can hold somebody. The police come. They show them all the uh, evidence on their phones and stuff, and then they take them in.
1: That is wow. crazy.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's could... really risky.
1: Really mm-hmm. expose people on your show with this,
2: yeah, and then get your ass I know <laughs> Yeah, then get your I, I, ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, maybe I it's know. better to stay out of it.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> that, that yeah, you know, that was that was an example of something that I loved that you know turned out that was a negative, but you know that was one of my favorite things about you know what i since I've been doing Haga that happened.
1: I love how you're just calling yes. people out on your green screen and like pulling their pictures <laughs> up and saying they have a micro dick or something like that.
3: <laughs> oh, you know what? I also, you know, it's so funny because I don't know if it's our culture or whatever, but people like will kind of have a soft spot, say, for like the handicap or senior citizens or whatever. We kind of give people like a break on stuff where I actually, they love it. I will talk about the handicap people. I have handicap. I have a guy named Hugh Jazz who watches our show, my show, he's in a mobility scooter. He's, he has some kind of handicap or of some kind. He hasn't really shared it, but he has shared that he's in a mobility scooter and I'll make fun of him. (laughs) And he loves it. (laughs) I, the girl, you know, we had talked about wheelchair girl, wheelchair girl. She is very young and she's in a wheelchair. And, um, I asked her one day, I'll ask the questions that people don't want to ask. ask Right. And I'll ask them and I'll say, how did you get in your wheelchair? (laughs) <laughs> and people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did them all. She has a story. She's no different than anybody else. So right. she can tell it if she wants to. And so she said she actually, her ex-boyfriend threw her down a flight of stairs. Oh, my God. And <gasps> crippled her. Oh, yes, isn't that my terrible? Oh, my gosh. And so I used that opportunity to tell girls, hey, you never know. Be careful about who you're screwing. He might throw you down the stairs. And then after that, she's like, I really had bad luck. She then met a new guy. She seems to move fast. And she gets a new guy and she loved him and she sent me pictures of her and him privately because she talked to me privately too. And I go, well, that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad you met somebody new. Come to find out he was a pedophile and had child porn on his laptop. And so he got thrown in jail. No
1: and my guy, he lost, fucking way.
3: <laughs> she lost him and now she was with another guy and she had a baby and all that stuff. And so she would come on and say, oh, I'm pregnant. And she would share pictures of her sonogram. And I would still joke. I go, wheelchair girl I notice your baby doesn't have a wheelchair does it grow <laughs> does it, does, 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 you know it's like I love reaching that uncomfortability of humor because and because the thing is I you know I'll often do it like I'll, I'll walk around you know in the store and stuff and I'll see people in a wheelchair and I will see people just kind of walk past them where you know a, able-bodied people who we pass we look at I'm like People don't even look at these people. They don't acknowledge them as real people. And I do that. So I make I make fun of them on the show. I, I treat them like everybody else. And they absolutely love it. Um, the man I, who is in the mobility scooter, he goes the a huge ass. Um, he said, you know, he was having problems one day because kids were coming to his, his, mo, his, mo, his mobile home. And they were slashing the tires on his mobility scooter. Oh That's not and nice. Kids are little fuckers. I know. I know, and, and, he, and I go, and i tell him, well, you have a big fat ass, so I'm sure you need that mobility <laughs> scooter. And there was somebody in my show who, got, who contacted him and bought him tires that were un, that didn't have air, so you couldn't pop them. And oh they God. sent them to him, he, he lives in Texas. And I'm like, you know, out of all the fun and, and stuff that we're all having together, this huge diverse group of my audience, making fun of each other, and having fun, there's actually these good things that come out of it. And um, that's like kind of one of my my favorite things. I loved knowing that he got new tires. That is amazing.
1: It's, you know what's so yeah, funny? It's, it's, so the way I found you, and, and I was saying about how the girl Trisha, like we joke Trisha from the wheelchair, because it, the whole story, it's on one of the podcasts, Claude in the wheelchair, Claude, this guy on the show, he, his girlfriend found out that he hearted this girl's picture. And he was like, no, Trisha's in a wheelchair. I was just being polite. And she's not in a wheelchair. He just kind (laughs) of had to like play it off or whatever. So, and then like, he's like, thank God, Trisha doesn't have any pictures of her standing up. So I played it off that she's in a wheelchair and I was just being kind and this whole thing. So Trisha (laughs) was the one who initially you know, led me to you. And it's I'm in this group with all these Facebook members and we call ourselves fight club. And we've been in this group for like eight years or six years wow. or something like that. And, and it's, we've formed this group and it's like 133 people now and we've narrowed it down from this big car group because we're all in the car business to this small group, which is now family. And a lot of us have not even met each other, but like one girl's mom got cancer and she oh. couldn't afford to pay for a lot of the supplies and she was dying and the funeral. So the group got together and I think we raised like $7,000 for her. And we, I've awesome. never met her. And like, this is just what we do as a community. And it just is so nice that none of us, again, none of us have never even met each other, most of it, but we are so tight with each other that like, it just, you know, and I think it's yeah. just a
2: beautiful thing. One yeah, minute you're and like shitting on the person, and then the next minute and, and, you're and like sending them too, money for their. Because theirs. we
1: literally shit on yeah. each other, like how you shit on everybody in your group. Like one of the guys has a big head, and like for his birthday they put all these heads on like these hot air balloons and like created his head as a hot air balloon and we're like (laughs) shitting on this guy but yet if something happened and he needed a place to stay, or he needed money because somebody was sick we'd be there for him in a minute and I think that like I don't know I I have such like um a high regard for the way you operate and you know like it's just it it's so nice and it's refreshing to have you be real about things instead of like being so politically correct because you're going to offend everybody like people love the realism I
2: think definitely Yes. I do. Thank I you. sure as fuck
3: do. I do too. And it's like, you know, it's like, I'll tell people, it's like, you know, it's weird. We've kind of normalized sitting around and crying and being depressed and just wallowing in our pain and and glorifying our flaws and the things that, um, you know, it, it I, I'm like, well, why? whatever happens to people laughing and making fun of each other? You know, I mean, there is, you know, of course you don't attack someone to make fun of them. But when you're in with like-minded people with friends and you're in a I I guess, so-called safe space, you know, there used to be a time where people used to, uh, you know, kind of nudge each other and make fun of each other. and They need make fun of you. And everybody had a good time. And then you kind of realize that all of us are fucked up. And it's like, it's just some you could see it and some you can't. And we all have our problems. And it's great just to get around and laugh and have a good time. And I, I see these kids nowadays, especially on TikTok, they just don't know how to have fun. They don't know how to have a good time. They don't know how to lighten the mood. They don't know how to have, like, you know, a, a laugh at something. And it, they're just so sensitive about everything. And everything has to be uh, – you have to cry about stuff or be so sensitive. And I just think it's so morbid. And I think it's, I think that in itself is depressing. It's horrible. And it's like, it is. It is. It's like, you know, I was watching – like I, I I now watch old TV like Don Rickles and, and all these insult comics comments, com, comments that just have a great time and people used to enjoy that kind of stuff and it's like now I watch I, I'll watch like do yourself a favor and watch like young like um, college comedians and you're sitting there thinking how is this funny? They're all talking about their gender and their sexuality and it's like that's not funny stuff <laughs> I don't think it's funny it's just I don't get it. And I don't know why. I I don't know. I'm I'm starting to believe, like, you know, we we have been invaded by aliens and they've been (laughs) enslaved aliens in in, in women for, like, you know, 30 years now because everybody's so weird. I (laughs) agree.
1: Well, that's why Alex and I started this podcast. Like, it's called Disappointed But Not Surprised. And Alex and I have been through a lot of shit, like, Hagatha, right. I'm t- I'm gonna be 10 years sober, recovered from a heroin and crack addiction. Alex has oh, been awesome. through. Thanks, Alex has been through, and I have been through relationships that will, like, if mm-hmm. you we tell the stories, people's mouths will drop, and it's just like right. it's horrible. But we ended up forming this podcast because we're like we've been through so much shit, but we still laugh about everything, and we laugh about ourselves. And the only way to get through life is to kind of like laugh, just it make off. fun of yourself, just make
3: and fun- like
2: all this shit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right and that's that's what I found out it's like if you can like just kind of bury your soul and laugh at yourself and allow people to laugh with you it's just so much fun and I think it lets people it gets people loose and they can talk about their shit too and laugh at it you know I just, I don't like people talk about their shit but you know I don't want to like I don't want to hug you while you're doing it. I'd rather laugh with you while you're talking about it. Right, (laughs) absolutely. Like give yourself
1: a moment to like grieve or whatever, but like get over it and just. And everybody's so sensitive nowadays. Nobody, like you were saying with the TikTok, like there's always these crying videos, and everybody's like in tears, and everybody's sensitive, and it's like shut the fuck up. Oh, it's a feel bad for me
2: contest, and it's like you're not getting sympathy from us. That's for sure. But I'll
3: I'll watch those video. I'll watch those videos of the people crying, and I'm thinking. Did they do that in one take? Like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> and I'm thinking about the process of them planning this video, press, you know, holding their finger on their phone, and then crying, and then it not turning out the way they want it. Then they have to erase it and start it all over again. And I'm thinking, well, how awkward is that? That you are trying to create this this organic moment of your sadness, and you actually have to produce it. And there's just something very strange to me about
1: that. It is so bizarre. It is so bizarre. I'm going to, like, comment that on these TikToks now. Like, how many takes did that go through for you to get the perfect (laughs) cry? (laughs) Fucking loser. (laughs) They're,
3: like, spraying their face with water. Yeah, the mist. (laughs) I mean, they're finding the right lighting in their car. They're, you know, and then after they do it, then they have to find the proper music to go with the mood. It's yeah, like, yeah. are you like doing that this- song? Are you still crying the whole time? I mean, because I'm going to believe this is a true moment where you're really devastated. So, you're are you bawling, looking through the music for the right, <laughs> you know, sound? It's just so funny. <laughs> like I I'm, i gonna, I'm, it. gonna pr- I'm producing my own mental breakdown here on TikTok. It, tiktok's TikTok
1: are you on tiktok tell people how to find you so everybody oh, knows okay,
3: okay um John i think i'm i'm hog kitty and then the number two okay i've been i've been banned from there <laughs> so, are we, so, so are we so are we we. <laughs> we
1: shot a potato gun at alex's neighbor's house because he was stalking her and we posted the video of our launching <laughs> fucking potatoes and tiktok banned us
3: <laughs> that's what i heard they're very sensitive about guns because like I've shown my gun, like on Facebook and stuff, and nobody—they don't say anything. But I guess on TikTok, you'll get you'll get banned or deleted or whatever.
2: Yeah,
1: but we violated community guidelines. Yeah, <laughs> we totally got taken down, so we had to make a new one again.
3: Mine—they never—they're never specific. They'll just kind of give that generic oh guidelines, and you know you you uh, whatever. But I'm like, I always the biggest people who who get me are people in the LGBTQ community. They always attack me. They're always sending me um, mail saying, I can't believe that you're doing this. You're making fun of transgendered people. I said, who said I was making fun of transgendered people? I go, you're watching me, assuming that's what I'm doing. Right. And and what I've said was, because, you know, and I've told this like, to people in, in serious conversations, because I used to do like this kind of pretty character, which really wasn't a character. It was just like a, a look. and that, that You know, I, I was a classic. Like drag queen that would go out on a stage and just lip sync to Madonna or Cher or whatever, and um, I got bored with that. <laughs> I thought it was very boring, and I noticed that drag in general to me has become very boring. They it's all they've all turned into clones of each other. It's like they're all very similar. So I'm like, I want to like change this up, and that's why I'm kind of blending Hogatha into a drag act because. Um, how can I put it? They, um, people, the, I, the people have written to me and saying that you're I'm putting down the trans community. I said, I never even use the word trans when I refer to myself. I always say I'm a misgendered woman. Yeah, you're go, gender fluid it. or whatever, misgendered. Yeah, because you're micro. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you're enlarged and clitoris. My <laughs> and I tell them, I go, and please don't come after me. I go, the gay men have been dragging heterosexual women for hundreds of years. I said, I am now dragging If you want to call it that, I'm now dragging the new modern woman, right? You're saying that people with penises can be women, right? You don't have to be fully transitioned to be called a woman. You can have a beard and a hairy chest and be called a woman. So don't. you're not going to play that game where you're going to say I'm making fun of it when I'm doing exactly the same thing to this type of woman that you have been doing to classic women for hundreds of years. So don't act like, you know, all of a sudden I'm doing something bad and you're doing something holy. And that really bugs them when I say that. And I don't have any friends in the direct community anymore. But that is one thing about the direct community that's really been pissing me off is they all now pretend to be on the spectrum of trans. And that was never ever a thing. Ever. And now they're pretending that it is so they can capitalize on this moment of gender confusion. And well it's there's such quite a, a movement that, too. Oh it's it's, it's the new gay because gays aren't victims anymore. So now the, the whole the whole machinery that you know uh, is behind the lgbtq community that the the leaders whoever they may be they've just well gay is no longer a problem so now we got to create a new population of confused people that we can make victims and it's just that's the way i see it and it's just yeah, i just hate it i i I, if I don't call myself i'm not part of the abc cult anymore
1: what is it the alphabet people is what yeah.
3: who said yeah, that so or whatever <laughs> he's true it's right he's true it's a cult and i'm telling you they all think alike and they're all crazy and it's like god i'm just gay and i'm having fun and i'm wearing makeup that's it so don't i'm not part of your your agenda whatever you guys want to call it right but it's just i hate it i do do
1: they send (laughs) you like mail about it or do they write you like long things on facebook and stuff
3: um it'll be it'll be on facebook it'll be messages um it'll be like a lot during the live when i'm doing my live thing they'll send me messages and um uh and t- tiktok's been the worst because um, people love to be um they love to police others <laughs> they love that um i don't know why they don't go through police academy if they really want to protect people and while they really actually go out there and do something brave and you know protect people but that they, they're constantly you know trying to um even if they're like old ladies like when i was a kid this is how you would describe an old lady as being nitpicky and judging and watching your every movement and trying to you know move you in the right direction it's like they're always trying to like shame you and for the dumbest things and i'm like i'm just i'm not a part of that i don't i don't get it and for some reason that's so fashionable right now to you know be a hero and and try to you know make something of yourself by exposing others who who you know are doing wrong in their eyes and i hate it
1: well everybody you know like even alex was saying everybody's so woke and everything's so politically incorrect now and and everybody has their opinions and everything and nobody can take a fucking joke anymore
3: well right and you know i was watching some something i i can't remember who said it and it was so true that these kids and these young people no longer have role models because Nobody is good enough anymore. Just like they oh, were, you shit. know, when Alex Alex Trebek died and, you know, they they were having all these guests on Jeopardy and stuff, a guest host. And who's that? Who's Blossom? I don't know her name. But um, her, she was uh, going to be there. And apparently they went back in her Twitter feed and found something problematic in 2005 that she wrote. Give me a fucking every-
1: break. In 2005? Right. She's in. Yes. She, so she was the Blossom, the old Blossom that was now in... Um, What's that nerdy show, the Freaks and Geeks or whatever it was? I know who you're talking
3: about. Um, yeah, the um, this- yeah, I know. Yeah, I can't remember the show name, but yeah, she plays a nerd or whatever. And yeah, they found something problematic in her past that she said on Twitter that probably wasn't even problematic. Like, what the hell does that word mean anymore? But um, so she did. She was not able to be a host on the show and they were using her to replace somebody else that they canceled because he wasn't good enough. So everybody is like looking in the past of all these people and they're finding anything that could remotely be offensive to anybody. And they're, and they're getting rid of them. And it's like, and then I was watching this one person commenting on all of this. And he said, the problem is these people have no role models anymore because no one's God, no one's perfect. Nobody's and that's perfect. the truth. No, I mean it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't get it.
1: That's crazy. They really do dig up some shit. Somebody said to me recently, "They're like, I hope you never run for politics one day." I was like, "Dude," oh. I said, "I have a podcast about micro wieners. I could never run for fucking politics."
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, what are yeah? What are they going to do? They're going to have to like create it in a computer program. Oh, this is our leader now. This computer program is perfect. That's yeah, seriously. I know, because, I mean, that's the whole thing is, I I love that these people, they think they're so perfect, they think they've not done anything in life. I mean, at this point, if you've laughed at anything, you're a horrible person, because you're obviously laughing at somebody else's tragedy, or you're laughing at somebody else's expense, so you know now we're not even allowed to laugh like if somebody slips on a banana peel and you laugh at it now all of a sudden you wish they were dead and you're, in, you're you know what i mean they, they take it that far alex take and i are the far. worst
1: with that we're at a racetrack like at riverhead racetrack one day and this guy uh, in all denim he slips up the stairs going to the. and he, he, we lose our shit. We are in tears crying. <laughs> and we were getting the
2: dirtiest looks, though, from people. Yeah. <laughs> like you didn't help him. You just laughed in his face.
3: <laughs> you know, people would be really mad. Okay, like me and Marquina. You know what the Golden Corral is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We don't necessarily like the food, but Marquina will request that we go eat their food. <laughs> So he's going make fun watch. of the fat people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true. We'll be sitting there. He wants to get a table closest to the buffet line as possible. And we'll sit there. And then he'll say, Oh, my God, look at her. And then you'll see all the kids behind her, like little ducks, and they're all fat and they're all sticking their fingers <laughs> in the pudding. And he's like, Look at this. Look at this kid. These kids have no hope. I mean, the whole time, it's just. And, and the thing is, I used, to, I used to be a really fat person. I, was, I used to weigh 450 pounds. You I was were heavy dick, so. back in the day. <laughs> I know. I was a fatty. And so <laughs> that's why I stopped trucking. I was a trucker. And all I did was eat at buffets, eat at the greasiest diners everywhere across the country. And I got big and fat. It was perfect because I love food. But one day I'm sitting there in the front and this is why I hate people who are into body positivity I'm sitting one day in the front in my truck and I'm eating like Taco Bell or something and I see this big huge 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 fat guy get out of his truck and the whole truck rocks as he's getting out and he has to stop and rest from getting out of the truck he's no leaning heavy yes he's wearing overalls that are too short and you could see his ankles, and they're all purple and swollen, and I'm looking at him, and I, it was like at that moment, I decided I have to stop doing this, and it, that is like the moment that I had, I'm like, I see this big fat person who's probably going to collapse and die any moment, and I, I, I said, I don't want to be that person, and from that day, from that moment on, I lost weight, and I'm like, I, I hate when I see these people, you know, promote body positivity, and I've been banned, I've been kicked off a lot of these, like, these fat models, their profiles, all these comments, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you inspiring these women to, you know, embrace their sickness and their curves because, um, those, th- those curves eventually turn into roles and those roles, you know, turn into like diabetes and, you know, morbid obesity. And, right. and I hate that. I, I, I don't mind people liking the skin they're in, but to actually glorify it to where people want to like, gain weight I just think it's ridiculous and I, and I don't know why we have a population of people that support it. I, I, I know, I've known people, I, I come from a fat family and I've had family members who died because of their fat. And, and it's like, I don't. I will not understand why people think it's okay to promote that. That I think it's
1: horrible, but Alex and I are thinner white women, so we can't say anything. But like, even oh, the
3: privilege. Yeah, Yeah. more of the privilege. But even like,
1: Jillian Michaels said something. Is that who that is? said She said something about Lizzo and was like, "More like diabetes," and she got shit on for saying that about Lizzo. But like, yo, Lizzo is gonna have fucking diabetes, and it is a problem because it's health like this is your health right and they're not taking that like body beautiful great like Marilyn Monroe she was a size 10 and great that's fine to be comfortable in
2: your skin yeah but her arteries weren't clogging up at 40 years old (laughs) right
3: (laughs) yeah I wonder I wonder how old Lizzo is I I don't you know I I mean I know the name I know she's a performer a singer of some kind I know she's fat but I don't know um is she She's, like, quite popular, isn't she? She's very yeah.
1: popular. She's <laughs> very popular. And she, they said something, and she's a, a body-positive person, and she literally is, I uh-huh. mean, she's got to be, like, I would say 320, 50 pounds or something oh, like oh, yeah. that. yeah. And she's 33. Mm-hmm. She, <laughs> oh, she's 33? Yeah. She looks like she's 40-something. Wow, she's always and she's in getting her, up there. Yeah, and she's always yeah. in her thongs and stuff like that promoting it, but it's, like, there are health situations behind this where like you're going to collapse on fucking stage because your arteries are clogged and you have fucking diabetes and it's it's fucking crazy. I yeah
3: lo- I mean they, they have history to learn from. I mean there have been fat performers who have like uh I don't know if you know who Mama Cass was. just part of uh, the Mamas yeah, and the poppers. it was, she the, was the, like pig.
1: the sandwich or whatever. Didn't she die from a fucking yeah. sandwich? Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I mean she died She died doing what she loves. I mean, we could say that, but it's like, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, you know what? I'll tell you what pissed me off is when Adele lost weight. All of a sudden, all the gays hated her. It's like, why do you hate her now? Because she lost weight. Because she wanted to be confident. I think she looks beautiful. I know. It's like all of a sudden because, oh, now because someone loses weight, they get confidence and they feel good about themselves. You no longer could like, you know, uh, enjoy their tragedy. It's like, I don't get it. It's like, There was, there's another one who recently lost, weight. what's, it's not, is it her name? Rebel Wilson, didn't she lose weight? Yeah, She
1: looks fantastic.
3: Yeah, it's like, why, why do you like people who are unhealthy, fat, and miserable? Why does that entertain you so much? It makes them
2: feel better about themselves.
3: (laughs) I think so. I think it makes them more like, um. I don't know, uh, they can uh, what, relate to them more. I don't know, but it's just weird to me. Why would you, why do you want to wish the best on people for your entertainment?
1: <laughs> and then I even feel like with everything going on with COVID, like why wouldn't people want to get their health together and go oh. to a fucking gym? Like, you know, like take the mask off and go, go for a fucking run. And then that's, what's going to bu- boost your immune system. <laughs> right?
3: That's exactly how I feel about this whole thing. And I'm like, isn't one of the comorbidities in most of the deaths been they have all been obese yes. or had some kind something connected to obesity. Yep. So why would you not tell your people, you know, come on TV, Doctor Fauci and say, you know what? This is what's happening and it's killing these people and we don't want that to happen to you. So these are steps you could take. To make yourself healthier and to make you know it make your odds of surviving COVID more. Well, I don't in, know why that's so difficult.
2: Well, instead they were giving free Krispy Kreme donuts to people who got the vaccine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it wasn't, wasn't it in Washington State they were giving out joints? So then you yep. can get the munchies and then you can go, then you can go to Krispy Kreme.
1: Oh my god! It's Every like, young I, person is going to Washington and getting the fucking vaccine and getting a joint. Definitely, I probably would have done that in college if it was like free joints.
3: Yup. Oh my God. It's just, you know, I recently just stopped smoking marijuana and that has been hard. That honestly, it's harder for me. I did mess for 10 years. Did you? And, oh yeah. From 17 to 27. And you know, originally it was because everybody wanted to be really skinny in the, in the it was in the late eighties. So they go, oh my God, there's this new drug. And it, you know, and it was true. You would do it. You wouldn't want to eat. And I was already skinny anyway, but you couldn't be skinny enough. But um, yeah, I, I did it for 10 years. And I got off of it. And then, but, you know, to compensate for like to help me sleep, I would smoke marijuana. And that's just something I did up until a month ago for all these years. And it's really hard. I have found marijuana to be the hardest thing to stop doing (laughs) because it helped me relax and helped me sleep and everything. And now I don't have that. So I like, there's nights I don't sleep because of that. Then I feel like a tweaker again. It's really weird. So why did you um, stop
1: marijuana? Cuz marijuana it's legal cuz you're in in yes. uh, Cali. It's legal there, yes. right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I can go right up the street and I can buy weed. Um, because I quit because okay, so I'm getting back into the transportation business. Okay. And um you're frequently randomized drug tested. Yeah. And um and you know, I guess uh, I, I'm I'm going to be 52 this year. And I don't know. I have really honestly not known what it feels like to be completely drug free and normal. Um, I haven't known what that felt like since I was like 16. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and I don't want it to, I don't want to have to take these random tests. I don't want to have to hide and carry the fake urine with me all the time. Plus, to get started, they want hair samples and they want oh, all wow. of this stuff. And just put on so your wig
1: No, <laughs> I,
3: know, I thought about that. That's so funny because I thought about that. Okay, I wanted a man wig and just blew it down real good. But, um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, buying all this stuff, like to detoxify your hair and all this crap. Well, because I normally shave my head. So I, I said, so, well, I need to grow some hair so they can do a sample. And so um, I just decided one day. I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to see what what life is like without it. And I I don't know if it's just been accumulating in my, my body for all these years, whatever, but it has been really tough. It's like day one, you notice a difference because you're like, all of a sudden you have like, you know, you're pissed off. And so I was pretty like bitchy and um, irritable. And, um, but I've lost weight, I've lost weight, not smoking weed. Um, I have a lot of energy, like, I don't know, like energy that's been like building up in me, but I just want to go out and do things and I'm motivated. But I, then I would, uh, for the first like two weeks I would sweat while I was in bed and, um, but still to this day, it's been a month now and I'm still having problems sleeping. So, um, last night I did a shot of vodka and it helped me relax. I, I think it's like, I just need something to take that edge off of like anxiety or Thinking about everything I've been doing through the day. But um, but I, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I stopped it. But um, I would love to smoke it again so I can get a good night's sleep. But hopefully I'll just organically reach that point.
1: <laughs> so when I stopped doing drugs, like I was, I mean, heroin, <clears throat> opiates, crack, uh, oh, weed, a lot. booze. I mean, I was heavy. It took me about 90 days to form a regular mm-hmm. sleep schedule again. And now I fall asleep. Wow a full 90 days to get it all out of your system. And now I fall asleep within mm-hmm. five minutes, literally. Yeah. And Alex oh, actually, yeah, Alex actually just is your sep- Your how many days? 17, 16, 16 days of not drinking. She wanted to do a full oh, forty-five rad. days of no drinking just to kind of ke- clear it out of her system. Cause she was getting a little wild for a
2: minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've always been pretty wild, but yeah, <laughs> but I was like, so- yeah, I'm going to do it. But I was, but I noticed like I could not sleep in the beginning because my mind was going and like, you know, when mm-hmm. I have a glass of wine at night, it would shut my brain off a little bit and I would just knock out. But now, so, I mean, I, am like, my mm-hmm. sleep's regulating though. I'm taking melatonin instead and I feel you better. You know
3: what? I, I took melatonin the night before last. I took three of them to figure out I'm bigger so I could take three 10 milligram pills and, um, I did notice in about 20 minutes that I felt drowsy. Um, I took a hot shower and I laid down in bed, but it still did not sort of like uh, overcome the, you know, the thoughts and stuff. So it didn't work. And I just was kind of drowsy all night long, but, I realized I'm just going to get out of bed and just to watch TV or do something in another room. I, I You know, because I, I was just laying in bed for five hours like, trying to sleep and it wasn't working. Yeah, and then you get even and more I, frustrated.
1: Oh, and then you're tossing turning and Marquina wakes up and it's a whole big mess.
3: Oh, no, Marquina snores. And <laughs> and Marquina, Marquina actually has gets a great night's sleep. In fact, she just walked in the room. But she gets a great night's sleep. Um, but... Yes, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's weird. I, I I mean, not that I'm glad this is happening to you guys, but I'm glad I'm not alone. No. no. <laughs> it literally, 90
1: days, I feel like you're going to feel better. And I know that seems like so far away. But believe me, I gave up a lot of fucking shit, weed included. God. And it was in my system for about a decade. And it just, you know... It's, it's, you were really
3: pumping that through yourself, weren't you? Oh my
1: God. I was a full blown junkie. And it's funny, like, if you look at me now, like, you wouldn't ever think that, like, my teeth are perfect. Like, I'm just like this white, blonde, thin, bubbly fucking asshole awesome. that, like, <laughs> <laughs> successful, you know? So it's, it's pretty yeah. funny.
3: <laughs> you know, it's, I have a funny crack story. I um, want to hear it. I, okay. So I had always. Okay, so I went, when you know, doing meth from, like, when I was a teenager till about when I was 20, I was always snorting it, and then I got into smoking it, and then I had a friend saying, hey, you want to smoke crack? I said, okay, I'll try it. And so I try it, but I tried to smoke it like meth, which I didn't realize was a different way. I just thought, well, I'll sort the pipe and smoke it. I didn't realize that the crack didn't melt down. Like, you had to actually burn, didn't you actually have to burn the rock?
1: You put it in like a rose, yeah, and you just kinda like lit it. I don't I
3: Yeah, was... well with meth you would melt it down.
1: I've never done meth. And,
3: yeah, with meth you put the rock in an actual pipe and then you light it and it will melt down until like it'll crystallize. And then you burn that that crystallization or that liquid and then you you know, you, you don't want to torch it, you just wanna put enough heat under it to make it, you know, start smoking. And then you would smoke that. And so I tried to smoke crack like that, and it didn't work. It didn't melt. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I I didn't realize it, but I found out later. I'm also stupid. I spent this money on crack, and I didn't even smoke it right. That's a good thing, because I probably probably would have been addicted to that, too.
1: So you were addicted to meth for 10 years, you said? Yeah. That's a long time. um,
3: it is, it, you know, it's so funny because, but it, it's odd because it was very easy for me to quit. I know it sounds weird, but, um, I just kind of wait until I kind of hit these bottoms and then I realize, like I did this food. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I've reached the bottom and it's been far enough. Um, so, you know, in high school, it was fun. I was with my friends and we're all, you know, gay and skinny and, you know, whatever, doing drugs. And, um, <laughs> I, um, it eventually, you know, I become an adult and I have to get a job. And I'm still doing it, you know, thinking I'm having a good time, but not realizing I'm using it to actually wake myself up in the morning. And it became like a, just like a normal thing, like drinking coffee. And I would have to then, I would actually carry a glass pipe in my pocket and I would smoke it at work to keep me awake. Yeah. And then um, I, um, one day, well, twice, I was coming home. I, live, I lived um, kind of close where I live now. I live in the Inland Empire of Southern California and I was working in Orange County which is an hour away and um, the traffic is horrible and so I everybody would take shortcuts to get off the freeway and go through different streets to try to get home faster and um, I eventually passed out and I, 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 I came into like a, a median where there's an island with trees and stuff and I hit that and I hit a tree head on and then the glass broke from the windows and I was all cut up and stuff. And then I was able, the car was still able to run. So I got it off the road and I started driving it and I didn't realize that there was this big um, branch hanging out of my back window and a cop pulled me over. Oh my God. And he goes, do you know why I'm pulling you over? And I said, "Um, yeah, I hit a tree. And he goes, yeah, and half of it is still in your car. (laughs) And I went, oh. And then he goes, where are you going? He goes, "This this is considered a hit and run. And i like, I just looked down the street and I see the police station. And I said, I was driving right to the police station. (laughs) He believed believed me. He believed me. And um, he said I would get a ticket for the tree from the city, but I didn't. I never got a, a, a bill to pay for the tree. And another time, very similar situation, but I rear ended an old lady who was parked in traffic, like traffic had stopped in front of me and I had passed out and I rear ended her. And it was like, not nothing it's so funny because nothing really became of these things, but they were pretty tragic. And um it just one day, um I was in a I was in a relationship and at this time and the person I was in a relationship with, we had been doing drugs together all these years. And I'm like, I wanna clean up and I wanna make something of myself And they're like, No, um <laughs> I'm gonna continue doing it. So I broke off that relationship for a year until I can get off drugs. And then I got back into the relationship and they were still on drugs. And then I got out of it, got back into it again. It was a very on and off relationship. And by this time they were off of drugs. And so that the funny thing is that didn't seem to help because we first fell in love or so-called love while we were on drugs. And the relationship just never could work again. It was just a different right. dynamic. We're no longer on drugs, and I no longer like this person. Yeah. So, well,
1: that's the common denominator, <laughs> and that's the one thing that brought you guys together.
3: Yeah. So it was like I, I then I ever since then I stopped. You know the chemicals, and I just smoked. You know marijuana. You know, well it's safe and everything. But you know the funny thing is, it's still you. I still use it to regulate like my sleep schedule, and um, didn't realize how dependent I was on it. And they always tell you you can't get addicted to marijuana. And I say, true, I'm not going to, like, steal my grandmother's jewelry and hawk it to get money to buy weed. Right. But I'm still I'm still dependent on it. And I just didn't like that dependency as well. So that mixed with the job and everything. So the, here I am, you know, trying to be drug free and um, suffering through it until I normalize. But <laughs> I'm glad that you guys, you guys are great. I, I love hearing it, you know, 90 days, you know. That's a good number, too. I've, I've done 30 so far. So
1: Yeah, I think you'll Hopefully. be fine and probably, like, another, like, 30 days you'll feel it more. Like, I used to feel pressure on my shoulders when I would go to bed, and I would just be up. And I remember being up, like, reading the big book and reading books. And books were what kind of helped me fall asleep instead of TV because when okay. you have the TV, that you're just getting more blue light. And the, the mm-hmm. blue light is what also it stimulates your brain and it stimulates your eyes. So it's like I always found that reading kind of helps me shut down a little bit more.
3: That's a good idea. That's why I wear I've, one of those heard...
2: masks. Oh, yeah. Alex wears know, a do sleep mask. You? Yeah, because yeah. I have to have the TV on to sleep. Like I need the voices <laughs> oh. in the background. So I just put the mask on so I don't have the light, but I can hear.
3: <laughs> did you guys ever try the like videos on youtube that are like the ocean sounds or the i'll like i'll put the earbuds in and i'm thinking oh the ocean sound will put me to sleep or whatever but it never did
1: no, no it helps I don't me like stay up more there's these ill filegio charts that or whatever it's called that help for like stress mm. and anxiety and i would have those on in the background but then i would always hear this creepy guy's voice as i'm sleeping and i would like yeah. jolt awake yeah. because this guy's like in my fucking ear and i was like <laughs> who is this <laughs>
3: Yeah, you know, i'll listen to that like there's all these positive affirmations and stuff kind yep. to like instill some goodness in you while you're sleeping and i'm like this isn't working this guy's weirdo i can't i'm not <laughs> i don't know how people could listen to it and fall and be comforted by it and go to sleep
1: <laughs> just keep pushing through i promise you
3: in like a couple
1: more weeks you'll be like so much better well
3: how- yeah no i uh, but. I'm
1: looking forward to that. Hike, <laughs> <Hockey>, I appreciated <laughs> you coming on so much. It's yes, not even thank funny. You. Alex, do you have any more questions? No, I think I'm I'm good. I tell everybody where they can find you on your Facebook, on your TikTok, on your Instagram. And then um you do like these amazing just karaoke videos too, which crack me <laughs> the fuck up. You just like sing <laughs> like like Gloria Gaynor alive and just fart <clears throat> with your fart <throat> machine. It's oh. so funny.
3: Do you know there, there are people who legitimately like that, and they'll say, "When are you going to do another karaoke show?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm all well, you know, like the the club that I I was performing at. They want me to come back, and they love the way I mimic Cher. Uh-huh. That I make fun of her voice, and they want me to do that. I'm like, um, yeah, you can find me on um, Hagatha Honestly, you can Google up Hagatha and my picture will come up. It'll either be me or it'll be this character from the Smurfs that I did not know existed named Hagatha <laughs> But, um, you can look up hog kitty. Um, you could look up hog at the like a cyst on your face with a Y at the end. Um, but I, you know, I'm on Instagram. I'm on um, Facebook. I have a page and a profile on Facebook. So I have two like pages. Um, I'm also on TikTok. um, hog at the, hog at the, um, hog kitty too. Um, but Yeah, I'm everywhere. And you know, you just ho- hit up Hogatha and my picture will come up and all my social media will come up too on any search engine.
1: And send her gifts, guys.
3: <laughs> just yes, no more little girly things. <laughs> People love the gifts. They really do. In fact today I was saying I'm gonna cancel my P.O. box because the last two weeks I haven't gotten anything. They're all no, I'm sending you stuff. I'm okay.
1: Oh my god, oh my I god. love it. I love it.
3: <laughs> well, thanks for having me. This has been great. You Thank know, I've, I've done you quite so a few much. Shows.
1: Oh my yeah, gosh. You, you this ladies have been great. Made me so happy that you came on. I am telling you, I have been such a huge fan of yours and tell Marquina we said hi. We love her and I cannot wait to see you live. Thank you so much for doing this.
3: <laughs> I will appreciate you guys. That makes me that really humbles me. Thank you. I All
1: right. that. <laughs> uh-huh. have, have a <laughs> great night and tell Marquina we said hi.
3: I will. Have All a good right? night. Thank you. you. <laughs>
2: Bye. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. I fucking love hagi i think she's our soulmate
1: i love wait guys i i was just sending somebody this the other night like telling him about Hagatha and how fucking amazing she is and how these (laughs) how these people would troll her in the beginning and like there's these pictures of her and makeup and shit that i screenshotted because i could not stop laughing at this somebody writes shrek is afraid of you Somebody else writes, I love that you've cleaned your toilet bowl with your face. (laughs) Somebody else writes, looks like a cross-dressing Shrek. Somebody writes, she looks like Andy Grimace. And then somebody writes, someone take Uncle Fester out to the pasture and put him out of his misery. Oh my God. (laughs) And then somebody else writes, you've definitely been fired from a job for stealing office supplies. (laughs) (laughs) But like that's the type of shit and it made me laugh so hard because she just made so much fun of herself and put on this horrible makeup and it just was so refreshing to have this comedy skit. Like I literally would go home and be on my phone for like an hour and a half just watching her perform live for Facebook and it's so like I just I mean I've fallen more in love with her since this interview this interview meant so much to me it's not even funny oh yeah but like if anybody wants to see her just go on Facebook live and just watch Hagatha and it's legit the funniest fucking thing in the world and then she's on Instagram
2: yeah I'm looking at the Instagram right now I'm cracking up And I love how she just says
1: whatever the fuck she wants whenever she wants to. So, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of Disappointed But Not Surprised. Go follow us on social media. Disappointed But Not Surprised is our Instagram. Disappointed But Not Surprised pod is our Facebook. And our Twitter and our TikTok, our podcast, DBNS. See you next week!
0: Disappointed but not surprised. Disappointed but not surprised. Disappointed but not surprised.